Adana. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 176. And we don't have an intro. Womp womp. Well, if you want to do an intro, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And if you want to send in a story like the ones you're about to listen to, you can email us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. All right, let's jump right in. Hey, ladies. Yes, it's me again. I keep thinking of stories, and if I don't send them in right away, I'll forget. I've got the memory of a goldfish. My mom used to work the graveyard shift overnight at a nursing home by herself. Scary AF, right? She said she would hear people talking when nobody was awake or in the common areas. She would also see apparitions in the corner of her eye. She would simply tell them to go to the light, to move on, and they would go away. She never felt scared by them. She wanted to make sure they were at peace. The thing that happened most often is people seeing the little girl. Anytime residents would see and talk to this little girl, they would pass away within a day or two. My mom used to believe it was the angel of death, but in a calm, peaceful image of a little girl to usher them to the other side. It always creeped me out when she talked about it, but she said it never felt malicious. Hope you ladies enjoyed this. Best, Emma. Didn't we just talk about that? We did on September's I Survived. We did Haunted Hospitals. Oh, that's on the Patreon. I was like, dang, that sounds so familiar. Yep, and it was a little girl, too. Well, shit, your mom's probably right. It probably is, uh, you know, just like a comforting entity kind of, like, appearance of an entity kind of thing to help them. At least it wasn't the Reaper. The next one, Commuter Ghost. Good morning, ladies. I'm here to tell you a super quick ghost story that happened to me today, 11-8, for you guys who's wondering where we are in the lineup, and yesterday. I work at Starbucks and am a primary opener, which means I go to work essentially in the middle of the damn night, aka early, early morning. There's a road on my way to work that's been closed for over six months while they've been doing some major renovations. The road recently opened back up and I was really pumped to drive down it yesterday morning as it cuts my commute by almost a third of a time. Unfortunately, once I got almost all the way to work, I had to turn back around because I got blocked by a train that was sitting idle on the tracks. So I'm driving back the way I came and I briefly glanced to my right just to look around. I'm always scared that I'm going to hit a deer or something when I drive that early in the morning. So I'm constantly keeping an eye on everything. And then I look back to the road and about 100 feet in front of me, there was a person in the middle of the road. I could just see their silhouette, but it looked like an adult man. I slammed on the brakes, stopped living for an eighth of a second, almost fear shitted in my pants, and then the person was gone. I told myself that maybe I had just seen a weird shadow or a reflection, as there's still a lot of reflective construction signs in that area, and didn't really think much about it the rest of the day. This morning on the way to work, I decided to take that same road again. At one point, I looked in my rearview mirror and almost shit my pants again. For a half of a second, I can make out the bust of a woman in the bottom left of my back window. It was like she was hovering right behind my car, but I could thankfully tell it wasn't inside my car, like chilling in my back seat or anything. I think I died for a brief moment again, though. I also quickly realized that I was in roughly the same spot on the road as I was yesterday when I saw the person standing in the street. I've taken this road many times before pre-construction and never really saw anything out of the ordinary, 
But I think this morning might have been the last time, at least that early in the morning, because I'd rather have a longer commute than be seeing ghosties every day. Thanks for reading. Creep it real and don't get scared. Poppy P. First off, nothing about your shift sounds pleasant. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm literally sleepy just thinking about it. My body doesn't like to get up and have to do stuff that early, early in the morning. Literally, it makes me throw up when I wake up that early. Yeah. But um, I wonder if something happened during the construction that made that ghost like pop up all the time. Yeah. Or the construction awakened something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. All right. The next one. Haunted in the holler. Hey, ladies, I've been binging y'all since last year and I'm finally starting to get caught up. Y'all have kept me entertained on my two-hour drive home from college on the weekends. I've been wanting to send in a Sinister Sightings, but I wasn't sure where to start, so I figured we could start with my pawpaw and nanny's old house. I apologize in advance for any unneeded details and how long this may be. First things first, I'm from a large, very rural county in good old eastern Kentucky. Second thing, my nanny is my mom's first cousin, who is about 10 or so years older than her. They were raised as sisters, but I also grew up seeing her as a grandparent. It's all very confusing, so I tell people she's my aunt cousin Momo. Okay, so Nanny and Papa used to live in a beautiful five-bedroom farmhouse in Denton, Kentucky, when I was in elementary school. The house used to sit a few towns over. I'm not entirely sure where. I didn't do much research and acted as a hospital for Union soldiers during the Civil War. At some point, they decided to move it to the boonies on a little farm. My nanny and pawpaw had rented the house once before I was born, but moved to be closer to Pap's sick mother, and a few years after she passed, they moved back. The first time they lived there, all three of their kids were still at home. Four of the five rooms were upstairs, and they used the smallest one as a storage room. Pap kept a few of his hunting rifles in there, so they usually kept it locked until their oldest, R, got older. Anyway, one night my cousin, M, got up to use the restroom. She passed the storage room and heard the door handle jiggle. It obviously scared her, but she just brushed it off as if maybe she was still partially asleep. Once she had done her thing, she made her way back to the room. She just had covered up when she heard a loud bang. The noise woke everyone up in the house, except for her brother, Jay, who was almost deaf. Nanny and Paul ran upstairs and found the door to the storage room unlocked and wide open. Pap walked towards the room and the door shut again and locked itself. Paul was the type of person to exaggerate stories and make him seem more interesting, but I've gotten the same story from the four who were awake. Nanny is one of the most godly women I know. She's also one of the most spiritually sensitive women I know. She's told me after I got older that she has seen spirits in the house. One specific spirit was a Union soldier. She said she would see him walk around the house and even sat at the end of her bed a few times. Once she told me that, I remember the countless nights I thought she had come to the bed, but then no one would be there. I always felt like I was being watched at that house and even had a picture fall off the wall and hit me square in the back. Nanny believed it was an accident, though. She felt that all the spirits were quite peaceful. I don't know. Spooky stuff either way. One of the scariest things I've ever heard was an EVP they got in the house. Note, they went to a Southern Baptist church in the early 2000s, so they used recorders to record preaching and make CDs for elderly people who couldn't come to church anymore. Papa had one of the higher tech recorders that had multiple files in it and even kept the time. 
He thought he was some hot stuff with that thing. He kept it sitting on the fireplace mantle beside a corded phone when he didn't need it. Pap had gotten it to make a CD when he noticed the recording on there that he didn't remember making, because he didn't. He listened to it and heard nothing for a few seconds. Then he could hear what sounded like boots walking down their wooden staircase. These footsteps were slow and loud. Then he heard mine and Nanny's voice coming from outside and the front door opening. Pap looked at the timestamp and... It was from later that day when Nanny picked me up from school. The recorder literally stopped as we walked through the front door. There was no one there to start and stop the recorder, let alone walk down the stairs. Y'all, I've heard this for myself, and you can make everything out so well. There was a literal ghost at the bottom of the stairs when we walked in the door. How freaking scary is that? I'll try to find it and send it in, but it's hard telling where that thing is now after they moved three times. After talking with Nanny on the details of the house, she's given me more ideas to send in. I could tell y'all we're pretty sure there's a Bigfoot in the holler where Pat grew up or some of the things Nanny and the other women in our family have seen. Let me know if you want to hear them. Sorry for the super long email. I hope you ladies enjoyed it. Creep it real, y'all. With love, Madison from Kentucky. Also, I may have been saying it may be Papaw. We all have different ways, ways of, of saying it and yeah. selling it. Yeah, so I'm sorry if I said Pawpaw and it's Papaw or Papoose. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Because it always annoys me when people say my, my grandparents' name wrong. I'm like, no, it's Grandma. No, it's Papa, you know? Yeah. Especially because it's like, it's your grandparent. You want it said right. Yeah. And you know we want those other emails. Uh, Yeah, and we want that EVP if you got it. Also, was your... I'm just going to say Pap, so we know that's right. But was he expecting a ransom call? Why did he keep that by the phone? Good point. <laughs> He's just like, just in case. Anytime I need it, I can record right now. He was a, a, a prepared man. <laughs> Good one. I was I almost, you know why? Because in my head, I almost said he was a man about town, but that doesn't make sense. So I just went with it. Uh-huh. Okay, next one. Hello to my favorite podcasters. You two are so great and make me laugh all the time at work. I must sound like a crazy lady in my office laughing at nothing as I listen with my AirPods. I want to tell you about the time I drove my nine-year-old past a murder scene without realizing it. Picture it. It was the weekend after Halloween 2017. My then nine-year-old was invited to a late Halloween party at her friend's house. As we were leaving our street, we noticed a ton of cop cars parked the opposite direction. She, me too, wanted to see what was going on. So I swung my car around and we drove slowly past the chaos. We had no idea that a double murder had happened. Robert Lydiard had murdered his elderly parents. He was a caretaker for his 85-year-old father and 78-year-old mother. He was also diagnosed schizophrenic. He had apparently gone off his medication and stabbed both of his parents to death. He has capgrass, capgra. You can tell I don't know Cajun, but I'm like, do you forget the S? But capgrass syndrome, capgrass. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm supposed to say that because I have no medical tech, medical technology. I have no medical education. But Lydiard was sentenced to a term in the state hospital equivalent to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The penalty in Utah for a conviction of aggravated murder if the death penalty is taken off the table. Lydiard faced two accounts of aggravated murder. It's a really sad case. Also, I felt like a horrible mother knowing that I had driven my young child past that crime scene. 
I have a ghost story to tell you someday. At least I think it was a ghost. Anyway, I love your podcast so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Love, Jen. You can use my name because it's super common. <laughs> well, you sound like Donna and her mom being like, uh, let's go. You want? Let's go back by there. Let's see what they did. Uh huh. I was about to say. Well, you sound like an amazing mother because it was my mom. They'd have been right up in there with you. Mm hmm. You have to know. Like she would have been all the time just thinking about what was those cop cars doing and not having fun at her Halloween party. Would she? Uh huh. If that was little Donna, yes, she would. Until they had candy, but you know. Or chocolate cake. Oh, yes. That's the thing, too, is like he had gotten off of his medication and did it. So it's like, how can you ever be sure that he doesn't go off his medications? Because once they're released, they're released. Like, you can't just be like, I know you're released and you're not on like probation or parole or anything like that. So like, I'm still going to need you to check it. Like, you can't do that. Right. But I mean, I know he got sentenced basically life and no parole, but still. Yeah, but that happens. Right. Okay, the next one. Hey loves, this will be a very short story that crosses both true crime and a little bit of paranormal. I'm sorry that my details and setting will take longer than the story. My bad. The story is about my grandmother. My grandmother immigrated to New York from Ireland on her own when she was in her 20s. So you can imagine the incredibly strong human being she was. She gave her seven children a better life than she had. But with that, they were very poor and she was never able to acquire her driver's license. So she walked everywhere. She and I were very close and she took very good care of me as I'm the only daughter and the middle child of my family. I was so very lucky to have had many sleepovers with her since my brother was born only 16 months after me and my mom always needed help tending to both of us. My grandmother was devoutly Catholic and always worked at the church cleaning the altars. She lived about five or six blocks from the church since she had to walk to and from because she was never able to obtain her driver's license. In December of 1999, when I was five years old, my grandmother was crossing the street on her way home from work after being waved on by another driver and was run over by a hit and run driver. The driver drove a truck with a plow head which punctured her skull. She was killed and the driver was never found. When we did the funeral, I didn't understand death very much being only five years old, but I remembered the bandage across her forehead where the coroners, I suppose, couldn't fix her wounds. During the funeral, my cousin told me she saw our grandmother outside the window with suitcases in her hand. I hope she's where she deserves to be. Thank you for listening to my story. Love you both so much, Katie. That is so sad. I wonder why she had luggage. Like, that's like a like a cartoon thing to me. Like, mm-hmm. so I wonder, like, I, like did, did she, like, really see her? Or was it like, you know how in cartoons when they die, they, like, get their luggage and they go? Yeah. I hope she really saw her. I mean, I'm sure yeah. she did. Well, even if she saw her... That might just be how her cousin interpreted her. You know, like how some people say, oh, it appears to me as like this, but that's my symbol for this. So it might be something like that. Or she was going back to Ireland. I don't know. Okay, the next one. Hello, fellow creepsters. My name's Darby, and I found you guys last week from the podcast Let's Not Meet. I've been binging your shows every day while I cook and do stuff around the house. I love your podcast with its mix of paranormal and true crime, and you guys are so funny and entertaining. I just love the way you bounce off of each other. You guys are awesome. Also, side note, I'm originally from Virginia, but I've been living in Glasgow with my amazing Scottish boyfriend for the last couple of years. 
Although I love Scotland and its culture and people, I still get homesick for the state sometimes. And it's so nice listening to y'all. It feels like I'm talking to some old friends from back home. So thank you for that. So I have a couple of paranormal stories for you today. They're more sweet than scary, and both stories are very odd coincidences or signs from deceased loved ones. I like to see them as signs, but I'll let you decide. Okay, so before I tell my first story, it's important to know that my loving father, Jim McGregor, side note, the name is similar but changed for privacy, sadly got sick and passed away in 2005 when I was just 13. Fast forward to 2019 and I'm living in my flat in Glasgow with my boyfriend. So it was just a regular day and I was working home alone going about my regular business while my boyfriend was at work. All of a sudden someone knocks at the door. I open the door to a middle-aged man who points at me and casually asks with his head cocked to the side, Jim McGregor? I sort of freeze and stammer out, uh, that's my dad. What are you, uh, why are you, uh, asking for him? Do you know him? And he goes, yeah, is he here? And I go, um, no. He passed away about 15 years ago. How did you know him? How did you find me here? I was super confused how this man knew my father and had somehow found me to ask for him. We go back and forth a bit trying to clarify things and turns out that there was a totally different Jim McGregor, who apparently lived here in my boyfriend's flat years ago. We exchanged confused and friendly goodbyes, and he leaves and I shut the door. I stand there in the hall in total shock and confusion, and then I just start to break down in tears. I instantly felt like it was a sign from my dad. I fell to the floor crying, saying to him how much I loved him and thanked him for watching over me. We were very close and I miss him very much. And I'm so sad that I only had 13 years on this earth with him. I just knew that he had visited me and wanted me to know that I wasn't totally away from family so far away in Scotland and that he was here looking over me while my living family couldn't be. Not only that, but I think it somehow was his way of telling me that he liked and approved of my boyfriend, which made me really happy. I just found it so strange that a man with my dad's first and last name lived in the exact flat that I now live with my boyfriend, and also that some man happened to come by and ask for Jim McGregor while I happened to be here. How long ago did the Jim McGregor live in the flat? I don't know. And why the man at the door came looking for him so many years later is weird as well. In addition, I find it strange since my dad went by Jim, like the man at the door had asked, not Jamie or James. And how the man just pointed at me and asked Jim McGregor instead of being like, hi, is Jim here? I don't know. It just felt odd. I've never had anyone else come to our door asking for someone who didn't live here. I just found it all odd and it left me with a bewildered but comforted feeling. I've never had any other visit from my dad, although once I was awoken suddenly in the night with a thought or feeling that he was there in the room with me. Whether that was a dream, I don't know. Side note, my family heritage is Scottish, and let's just say my dad was pretty obsessed with the country and its history. I'm surprised he didn't walk around in Virginia with a damn kilt on every day eating haggis. Plus, my whole family loves Scotland, too. We got the Scottish flag flying in our backyard at home, the Braveheart poster, map of Scotland, everything. So you can expect how happy my family was to find out I was dating a Scotsman. And I 
And I know no one would be as happy as my dad that I found such an amazing, loving partner and best friend, and that he even has the bonus of being Scottish. I'm glad my dad was here to meet him, even if it was just in spirit. My boyfriend and I randomly met on vacation in the States, and we basically fell in love right away, and I came to live with him in Scotland right away. It all just feels like the stars lined up for us somehow. Life is strange sometimes, even if it's just all a coincidence, but who really knows? My second story also involves an odd coincidence sign from a deceased loved one. So, backstory. My dad met his best friend in the 80s, when they were both working in Washington, D.C. together. Well, my mom and the new friend's wife met and soon became best friends as well. In addition, my mom and dad were to eventually have a total of five kids, and my dad's friend and his wife would have a total of four kids. All the kids have known each other our whole lives, and we were all super close in age, and each of us had a best friend. Our families have been super close since the 80s, and we all went on family vacations together and everything. Well, my brother ended up falling in love and marrying one of the daughters in the other family a few years ago. Let's call her Allie. Well, sadly, Allie's mother, let's call her Shannon, passed away from a stroke a few years ago. She was relatively young and surprisingly very healthy to have had a stroke. It was all just very sad that she left us so soon and out of nowhere. Shannon was a very kind, funny, and intelligent woman. She was clever like a fox, which ended up giving her the lifelong nickname, The Fox. Well, at Shannon's funeral, a frickin' fox came out of the woods and stopped about 30 or so feet from the burial. The fox just stared at everyone for about 10 seconds or so and then scurried back into the woods. Now, note, this was in Virginia in the middle of the day, and foxes just don't appear in broad daylight and get so close to humans like that where I'm from. They stay very well hidden, and I don't think I've ever seen one besides that time at the burial. We all like to think it was Shannon visiting us and letting us know that she was okay. I've heard of deceased loved ones that have manifested their energy and briefly taken the form of small insects and animals to visit their living family. I watched this one show where a wild cardinal would come up to a woman whose mother had recently died, refusing to fly away. The woman's mother had loved cardinals. I've also heard that when you see a butterfly, it means a deceased loved one is nearby. I've told my family half-jokingly that when I come back, I want to come back as a bunny rabbit, so they have to be on the lookout and know that it was me visiting them. My grown-ass brother said that he wants to come back as a squirrel, which I find totally hilarious and random. Anyway, I hope these stories were nice and comforting from all the spooky ones. Now, whether they were strange coincidences or visitations, I'll let you decide. All I know is that I'm comforted by my personal belief that it's never truly goodbye and we'll all reunite again in another life after this one. Hopefully that brings some comfort to those of you who have lost loved ones. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. I've got several more stories up my sleeve, both true crime and paranormal, so I'll be sending those in soon. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared, Darby. I bet your stomach fell out your ass when they said your dad's name. Oh my god, I would have, like, I would have stuttered just like you and just been like, what? Because then you want to be like, did you just say, insert name, you right. know? It's like, how do you know that name? Yeah, I totally believe that was your dad giving you a sign. Because that is just too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence, in my opinion. I mean, hey, dad. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think I've said this maybe 20,000 times on the podcast, 
But my sign for my sister is a ladybug and my sign for my mom is a dragonfly. And so I think about them all the time. And I usually do see a lot of dragonflies when I need like reassurance and stuff. Okay, the next one. Listener story or story idea for Carrie. Hey ladies, I freaking love you both. When I'm missing my friends, I listen to you guys and the world is warmer and better. I live in the oldest city in America, St. Augustine, and it's filled with spooks and kooks. I was chatting it up with my boyfriend who watches murder shows and spooky things with me to appease me. Or even though I've watched so many YouTube documentaries on the English monarchy and wars of the past, it's like real life soap operas. This morning out of nowhere, he just told me about this guy who was his neighbor who was a sadistic rapist who killed women in the 80s and the 90s here. His name is Bill Daryl Lindsay, a.k.a. Bad Bill. He remembers him being pleasant, but always having sketchy transients that the cops would come out for. Then one day, the FBI came, arrested him, and he was told there were bodies found under the house. Not sure if that was true or something the neighbors made up so the kids wouldn't go dig in his yard. He remembers he always had pristine yard, unlike anyone else in the park, and he was always nice to him, but he seemed nervous constantly. He gave off weird vibes, though, so he never ventured into his home except when this guy told him to get out of the house and not be stupid. He had his blinds set only if you were really tall you could see out the top and had his Florida room completely covered up. Please do a story on him if you can find some juice. One more. Another time, he was leaving his apartment and there was a man moving a full-size filing cabinet with a dolly down the stairs. My boyfriend is a sweet, helpful guy who's always trying to help. So he offered this struggling man some help and he was so rude and yelled at him that he can move it himself. Turns out this douchebag had just killed a woman and was moving her body inside the filing cabinet that he offered to help move. Sorry this was so long. I'm a paranormal girl and I've had experiences seeing shadow people. Hell, I even tell them to fuck off when I don't have time for their spooky BS. I'm in the real world. Maybe I'll write in those stories sometime, but I wanted to give Carrie something this time. I hope you beautiful, amazing souls have a great day. Congrats on the podcast. And Donna, I'm happy you're able to live the dream of full-time podcast. Get it, girls. Amber. Your boyfriend offered to move <laughs> something and it had a dead body in it. Like, could you imagine? Uh, also, could you imagine being the guy who just killed her and transporting the body? <laughs> and this guy's like, hey, do you want me to help? Like, No! I don't need you to help. I just, I can do it myself. Right. But like, let me be mean so he won't ask me again. But also like, you know, he was shitting himself inside. What the hell? Of course he offered to like the one, like, hey, you got that? You need some help? And the guy's like, (laughs) stop it. Stop it. Stop talking to me. Yes. Oh my gosh. How'd y'all find out it was like that guy? Like what? I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. Like probably saw it on the news or something. True, true, true. And I mean, if there's like cops and stuff, but I wonder though, if the guy had such a pristine, this is going back to the first one, the guy had such a pristine yard. I bet he didn't have anybody buried in there because, you know, like, or maybe it was so pristine because there was somebody buried, Uh but also who knows what those neighborhood kids were saying to like scare each other, you know? Yeah. But you know, uh, who was it? Ed Kimber Mm -hmm. would like bury his peeps in that yard was it him and he buried his mom in the yard i don't remember that i can't remember who it was look i can't remember you know i can't but someone buried her in the yard so she was like always 
looking up or something like that. But it was like you would never think that they buried her like in the garden or yeah, something I don't like think that. It was Ed Kemper. Hell, I don't know. Y'all are like, aren't you on a true crime podcast? And I'm like, who's Ed Kemper? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I just don't. I just can't remember things. Yeah, I can't remember if that was him or not. Or, like, the head. or Oh, God. Anyway, it's going to bug me, but I'm pretty sure it was Ed Kemper. I don't know, but I I don't ever want to think that bodies are buried underneath the house or something. That just freaks me out. And I don't know how people, like, my dad would just get underneath our house to have to fix something. And I'm like, Ugh. like, I don't know. I No. Mm-mm. I don't do small spaces. I don't do, I don't do any of that. I, no. Okay. Sorry. I'm like going down my personal hell right now. But the last one, y'all. Hi, guys. My friend sent me the podcast of your story about my house, Ember K. I wanted to share a couple of experiences as the person that lived in the house. I'll just start off by saying that they didn't do anything to me. The rest of my family, though, definitely got haunted by them a bit. My stepmom was asleep in the bed and my dad was asleep on the couch, snoring away as per usual. When my stepmom started to shiver because she was cold, something cuddled up with her and once she started to get warm, it went away. Her thinking it was my dad, she just went back to sleep. Then she started shivering again and it cuddled her up again. She decided to try and roll over to see if it was my dad because she could still hear him snoring in the living room. Nothing was there. You could always hear things running from my room into my sister's room. It was one giant space that we separated with a curtain for my room. But nothing was up there. My dogs and cats never went up there. Mine and my little sister's friends would never sleep over because they would always have scratches that looked like three fingers. But it is my favorite house I've ever lived in. I'd move back in a heartbeat. Thanks for taking the time to hear a couple of my own stories. I've got lots more that just aren't from that house, but this is pretty long. Paige M. from Alberta. That's really cool, though, that your friend shared a story about your house and then was like, hey... They talk about your house on here and you're like, <laughs> let me tell you some like first person accounts. Right. Also, um, how terrifying to be like, shit, I'm cold. And then you get all warmed up, but you don't know what you just got all warmed up. By. I know. I mean, it's amazing that the ghost was nice and cuddled her up and warmed her up. But then, yeah, the seeing that no one was actually there. That would show me to the fucking bone. Mm -hmm. Well, y'all never disappoint with the stories. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Keep them coming. You can send them in at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.